Thanks for tuning in today. I have an amazing guest. I'm so happy he's here. He is an executive producer. He's worked his way up. You know him from shows like Criminal Minds, Supernatural, Cold Case, The Cleaner, Blue Collar, uh, the, the Chai, so many other shows. And he's going to talk to you today about a brand new show that is his, his baby that he's going out of town to shoot for Netflix. Yes. Please help me welcome Adam Glass, I'm uh, so happy you're here. Thank you for having <laughs> we me. We go Shari. so far yeah, back. Yeah, wow. It's so crazy because you guys, you don't know this, and you don't, you can't see my office right now. But next door, down this little hallway outside my building, Adam was having before he got on all these shows. You had your office here. Yeah. And I've been sad ever since you left. Aww, well, <laughs> it was yeah. so fun having you. Absolutely, and then to see what you've done and how much you've grown is this Thank amazing. You. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much. So I love you, and I'm so thrilled for all your success. And this is a give back to people who listen. And Absolutely. I really want artists and and actors who want to become writers or just writers to hear your story yeah. because you've had so much success. But I know you started in comedy, so. I want to hear about how you started in comedy and how you made that transition to having such a flourishing career because yeah. there's only a certain percentage of people that get to have that. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. Well, so, let me. Well, I think even yes. if I could take it back to take the beginning, back. only because I think that it's important to tell your whole sort of journey yes. because I think you know people look at you and they don't necessarily know, you know, as the Grateful Dead said, what a long, strange trip it's been, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, I started out in New York City, single mom. I was raised by my mom and my bubby. I didn't have a dad. Oh. We're on welfare in the Bronx. Everybody I knew was not creative. Wow. Uh, in fact, your best chance was to get into the electrical union where I grew up. <laughs> so, I had an uncle. And I was asked, you know, I was told, like, you know, he'll get you in. Don't worry. Yeah, It'll yeah, be all you're, good. you're set. You're fine. You're set for life. Yeah. And, and um, I just always had this sort of, you know, creativity and always wanted, I read comic books as a kid. I loved comic books, yes. you know, which eventually led to, yes. you know, also working in comic books, but, um, and always wanted creative. And I remember when I finally told my family after going to Brooklyn College and graduating from Brooklyn College, I was going to move to L.A., they thought I was crazy. They yeah, thought, who do you know in L.A.? Like, yeah. you know, but... I also just knew that there was, you know, something out here for me, and I had to take the swing, and I had. But to you go came out here to swing in a, as a writer. As a writer, yeah. Okay. Now, so now I was that. actually a theater major, so you I were. actually went. Yeah, I was okay. really lucky. I Brooklyn College had a lot of great teachers. F. Murray Abraham was my acting teacher. Oh wow! Yeah, in Brooklyn at Incredible. the time. So yeah, to to work with someone, you know, obviously at his level and everything like that. And, you know, I took poetry with Ginsburg. Like, people don't realize City College, like, what a great sort of experience and the teachers that you had and all that stuff. But I came out here, actually, as a filmmaker. I had made a short film that won the New York Student Academy Award, and I came out here, and, and, like, I lost when I came out here. But it got my first agent interested in me, uh, a guy named Jeff Fields, and I came out here because he had told me he was interested in me. And then, of course, I got here, he's like, do you have a script? Do you have anything? Like, I didn't think <laughs> You're any like, of that. You're like, no, I don't no, even know what to do. No, I came with $800 in my park pocket and drove across the country with a friend. Wow. And I was 23 years old, and I got here three days before the earthquake, by the way. Wow. So I was literally... Three days yeah. before my birthday, which was the earthquake. Oh, there you go. Yeah. See? Because it knew yeah, it was your January birthday. January 17th. That's, That's right. right. The world was rocking. <laughs> the world was rocking. <laughs> so I got out here, and then, you know, I think 
like anybody, like when you're flying without a safety net, but I, and I always say this is really important to people, the people you meet in the beginning, you know, that you build your foundation with are going to, a lot of them are going to be in your lives forever, mm. you know, and you're mm. going to come up with a group of people. Mm. And I started to do writers groups and I started to sort of meet people at parties and I started to do all this stuff. And I went from literally living in my car to living in a one bedroom with five guys, <laughs> Uh, you know, That's one hilarious. of those guys is, uh, you know, I see your friend today. Not only is my friend today, but I'll tell you a quick story. So the group of guys I was with all had gone to Howard university together and they had a friend with them who didn't live with us, but was always hanging out. And I had just met him and we went to, um, to get into this club. We couldn't get in the club. So we ended up, me and him were the only two who couldn't get in the club. So we turned around and we ended up in this parking lot. And I think we got some beer and just, you know, like young guys and just sort of talking and, and, and everything like that about our dreams and what do you want to do and what do you want to do? And he said, I want to be an actor. And he got up for me in the parking lot and he did a monologue from The Great White Hope. <laughs> what? And, it, and I remember sitting there like just, but like, oh my God, Mesmerized. this guy's amazing. Like, wow. holy cow. And at the time he was working at Ticketmaster and he's I'm telling me he's in his dream. He's 22 is. years old and that, uh, that young man's name is Anthony Anderson, Star Blackish. Unbelievable. So, and your friends too. Oh, till this day. Still friends. So like, you know, and, and so we all just sort of, you know, we came up, there was a group of us and we were young and we were sort of all struggling. We lived in this one bedroom apartment, five of Amazing. us. And then as our lives went on, you know, we all tried to help each other out. I just shot a commercial with Anthony a couple of days ago, me, Anthony and Keenan Thompson and Audrey Plaza for Barefoot Wine. Like we were always all working together. That's incredible. And trying to do stuff and come up together. I created yeah. this first show called All About the Andersons that was yes. on the on the WB for a season. Like so So we, so you so wait but so let me just cut because there's so many yes. great stories, but so you were writing. Were you writing every day? Writing every day? day because I started like I said, came out as a director and I wasn't a writer. I wanted to ah. direct, but then they were like, write something. Yeah. So I'll get to that story really quickly. I turned around and like anybody struggled for a few years, just hustling, trying to make money. Most people struggle for a lot more than two years. Yeah, so you've yeah. been blessed, but you're also very incredibly talented. Well, what, you do. what first happened though, and it's different levels of struggle, right? Mm-hmm. So it's first of like, I just want to get paid to write. <laughs> and then it's like, now I'm getting paid to write. How could I make a living at this? Right, you know, right. all those things. So actually, I had written a script. Uh, I, I actually was here almost three years. I'd written this script and I was broke and I somebody offered me to paint a house up in San Francisco. I'd never painted a house, but I need it was like a thousand dollars. So I Great. remember writing the script, handing it to all my friends, and going, I'm gonna go paint this house. And I disappeared. I was supposed to be a week, but then, you know, young guy, I met a girl, I ended up oh. eight. <laughs> a month went by. <laughs> and I remember coming. I love your laugh. <laughs> I remember coming back, and here, and then all of a sudden, all my friends were like, "Where have you been, man?" You know, this is before cell phones, or yeah. if there was cell phones, I probably couldn't afford one. I had a pager, right. you know. No, I think and it was I, before. <laughs> yeah, and I said, um, "Yeah, I was, I was up there and anything." They said, "Well, people flipped over your script, and we have all these managers and agents are interested in meeting you." Incredible. And it was a script called Killing Time, and I wrote, and it got me my first agent. And then from there, it was just then sort of working your way up and writing. I was features. I was writing mostly scripts. I got really, and you know, and this is actually an interesting lesson too. I always talk about this. I was a better pitcher than I was a writer. Really? So I could pitch Pitch and sell anything. But then when the execution, uh, it took me years to really become as good a writer as I was a pitcher. So what was it though? So would you sit down? Would you have that opportunity and go, oh gosh. I have the opening. I, I don't know how to fill it. Uh, yeah, I didn't even realize. It. I think I was so young and cocky at the time. Yeah. I was just like, I'm just, I'm just going, going. But then I would, you know, get one or two drafts, and then they would let me go. I was like, oh, like <laughs> I just thought it was the business. And now I look back and go, no, I wasn't 
good. Oh. Like I had to So you're learn. good with developing story. You started yes. developing story and pitching the story and closing yeah. the deal. I yeah. got you. And then the execution wasn't there. But then, yeah. you know, what do you learn as a writer or as an actor? Just, you got to keep doing it. Of, of, you get better and you better, better and by better. the practice, by the practice. Absolutely. And I tell the writers, every time you write a script, you're writing a lottery ticket for yourself. So, you know, a lot of times I hear somebody and they're just pushing one script. I'm like, you've got to do more than push one script. Yeah. You've got to get have out a there. Lot. And, and it's get... different now, too. I know we're sidetracking, but yeah. it used to be to write a spec script of shows that are on. But isn't it now? Write more your original own stuff. voice, yeah. Have your more individual, individual voice. voice. Absolutely. And it always goes... You know, there are times where people are like, write plays, write one act. You know, it's yeah. like, it was. it's always been something. Right. Um, but but yes. isn't it the person's voice? Don't you want to hear somebody Absolutely. else's voice? And then well, you'll get an idea. I'll give you another version of that. And I, I think, and again, look, I always say writers and actors have a lot more in common than we're all willing to admit. It's like, you know. We're you can't all, be without each other. Yes. We can't I be even talk about other. that in my book. It's, it's, a, it's a bond forever. You can't have a writer without a performer and a performer yeah. without a writer. No, agreed 100%. It's and, and symbiotic. And when someone's reading your script, you're auditioning. Yeah. You know, yes. so it's like, and people are judging your work. Yeah. So you're constantly under a microscope. You're constantly being judged. I think you're constantly, you know, we all share the same insecurities. We yeah. all share all the same stuff. And most uh, writers I know, there's a bit of an actor in them, you know. So, of course. You know, when you're acting out, when you're writing it, when you're talking about it, whatever you're thinking and all that stuff. So, you know, I think, again, we're sort of all on the same path and the same mm-hmm. road to get where we have to do and it is you know I tell this story too it's like I've written I've two or three times why I love that play Hamilton you know I saw it love, and I was like love yeah love. because it speaks to us as artists right like you know write your way out of something act your way out of something create opportunities for yourself create chances for yourself it's all he did his whole life you know and it's what we all do you mm-hmm. know like if I look back and or anybody always asks me like what do you do what do you do and I'm like Write, write, write. Just if, keep writing. Keep writing. Only that, things now are so more affordable. Like you and I, back in the day, if we wanted to make a movie, we had to go like get film and get it processed totally. and pay th- tens of thousands now of dollars. Now you just pull it out of your pocket. Yeah. And so I, I mean, t- you can. But yeah. There's other, you know. But I'm saying it's like right now, just, I always tell people, just go make stuff. Go do it. Because even if it sucks, yeah. you're learning. Yeah. And everything like that. And if I look at my career, I've written two or three scripts that have changed my life. And I didn't sell them for millions of dollars. I didn't do anything like that. But they got me my next five jobs. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, How many the, hours a day would you write? Back, it's crazy because back in the day, well, the reason I got that little office yes. was I had just had a baby. Yes. I was at home. I couldn't get any writing done. I said, I, I need to get a little space. I couldn't, to be honest with you, I couldn't even afford that office at the time. But I knew I had to invest in myself, yeah. a very other important thing. Always invest in yourself. Yes. You know, don't, if, if it's, if it means you're going to go a little bit in debt to take care of yourself and put, take, put yourself first, you are your tool. Yes. You have to be an artist. You have to turn around. You have to put the time in. You have to have all the things. Find the space you can work out. Where's your happy place? What makes you do what you do? Mm-hmm. And so that little office, really, I always think about a lot because that little office ended up making me millions of dollars. That's amazing. I love, every time I come <laughs> to my office, I always think about you. Yeah. I always do. We have, you guys don't know, but we just had a, such a special friendship in that, yeah. in that, just, hey, I'll meet you at the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And just, what are we doing? And yeah, everything like that. Because I think we're doing on. a lot of the same things. We're building yes. something. We're building. Really. Yes. So, uh, and similar philosophies, doing yeah. the work. Doing you know what I mean? Work. Like that, I think so much. So there's no shortcuts. You got to do the work. You do. Oh, but so cut to how long were you writing? So I, I started writing, I think if I look back, I was writing my whole life. But, you know, I think really writing professionally, 
you know, I started to write a little bit in college, but I think where it really took off was when I got here and I had to do it to survive. Ah. And then every day I was writing, you kidding me? I was, I didn't have a life. I was writing all day and all night. Yeah, which is, you know, incredible to hear because to me, because I just wrote this acting book and it was just, I had to have someone help me do it. It was the most tiresome and mm-hmm. exciting but painstaking route. So a writer is really a writer because he loves to write. Yes. I am not a writer. I am an acting. You so know, do you remember when, the, when your uh, son was younger, did you ever see Ratatouille? Yes, yes. So writers get really mad at me when I say this. Like, So in Ratatouille, the idea is anyone could cook. <laughs> I think anyone could write. Most people don't have the discipline to write. I agree. That's the difference. Because everyone, everyone has, has a, a voice. Sto- everyone has a story. Right, everyone has a story. I mean, how many times do people come up to you and say, oh my God, I got a great story. Yeah. Right? It's, <laughs> like, you know, it's like, then go write it. But they can't. Yeah. They can't do the execution of it. Writers write. And, and that's the difference. did you have any training out here when you came to writers writing out here? Did you take classes, other classes? You just formatted yourself. Did you look yep. it up? I mean... I did. I really just taught myself. I was sort of self-taught and everything like that. It's funny. My son has dyslexia and I look back and I'm like, I probably had dyslexia. They just uh, back then didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, know how to... They didn't know. You know, they were just like, you know, yeah. Put him in a room. He's hyperactive. <laughs> so, but you, but, so you, but you figured out the format because you started in comedy. So you figured out the structure. You figured Absolutely. out the A story, the B story. And you did you watch shows that helped you form? Absolutely. I was always a big fan. And, and uh, you know, and believe it or not, again, going back to sort of comic books, not that I write a lot of comic book stuff, though I do do genre. We're good. Um, the comic book stuff uh, was also like gives you a quick beginning, middle, and end, a cliffhanger, mm. you know, and then I would see that in the movies and how those stories would carry through. And, then, you know, a lot of, you know, just in my 20s, definitely sort of my own film school. Like I had a lot of friends. We'd watch movies. We loved movies. We were obsessed with movies. Uh, TV came along later. I was really a movie so guy. So you were, you were the, the scripts that you wrote were film scripts? Yeah, all film attention. in the beginning. All mm. film stuff in the beginning. And I was doing a lot of punch. It was a different business back then. Yes. You know, I would go but in. But how is it different? How, it's tell, different tell because. Well, it's listening. different a few ways. One, people just don't make as many movies. The business has changed. Development has changed. I remember, you know, I tell the story all the time. My daughter, uh, my wife and I got pregnant with my daughter. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> and I went out and sold three pitches in two months, you know, because you could just walk in a room back then with a good idea and they were going to take a chance on it. They weren't looking for everything to have to be a brand or a franchise or all that stuff. A lot of original ideas and concepts. There was so much more money put into development back then. There was much more money. So you think it's different exactly. now? Executives, it's Seth. Yeah, there used to be four, five, six, seven CEs. Now they're lucky if there's one CE at a company. All these businesses changed. They all became, you know, very different. I mean, if you really look at the Disney model, which, you know, um, by Biogro started was they don't even make movies anymore. They buy companies that make movies, right? And Mm -hmm. then they just distribute because that's their business model. So that business and all my friends that are in it, you know, unless you're one of the top, top guys, it's It's really... It's a real struggle. So, um, but, and so what, do you believe there's more opportunity in television? Much more opportunity, you know. Yeah. Uh, and TV's instant gratification. Yeah. So as a writer, it's great. You write something and you get it made. So a what movie, would they do? Not your path, but what yeah. would just, I'm sidetracking, we'll go back yeah. to your story too, but for a young writer today who's writing and has some scripts, do they just submit to agents? Do they just randomly pick it up and get it out there to managers, uh, agents? Yeah. Anything. I, I'm by any means necessary. I mean, it's always by been the way means. I've lived my career. So it's like, to, you know, even to other writers, you know, like I, I've never understood the the competitiveness of writers. Like I always feel like there's a lot of jobs out there and we have to help each other because no one else is looking out for us. We have to look out for each other. But I'll tell you something. You said something earlier uh, to get back to on, on sort of like what writers can do. Mm-hmm. Um, you are your brand. Mm-hmm. Just like an actor too. Again, mm-hmm. I, I will compare to both. You are your brand. 
when I hire a writer or an actor, mm-hmm. it's not just how talented you are. Do I want to work with you? Yes. Do Same I thing when you sp- go in for an audition. Do they want to hang out with you on set? Yep. That plays a big part. It plays a huge part in yeah. your reputation coming into something. You know, I always ask around, the biggest compliment you can get is they're a pro. Yeah. If someone you tells me you're a pro, up. then that's great. Yeah. And listen... I'm also a person, I, I came up in theater, I love actors, so like I, you know, I was on the phone, I can't say who the star of my show is going to be, because uh, her deal's not closed. But wait, we got to talk about that Yeah, yeah, show. we'll talk about it, but I was okay. on the phone with her yesterday, and she was like, I don't even want to bring it up, I was like, no, no, bring it up, and she brought up something, I was like, that's a great point, yeah, we could totally fix that. Like, I want the actress to come and be a collaboration of with the Of course, you don't want to be demanding, you want to be what my motto is that I tell everybody, is to be courteously aggressive, so if you're courteous, <laughs> and you ask for what you want, yes. your needs will be fulfilled. Absolutely, and because at the end of the day like we're doing it together it is a team sport you know and we have to turn around and make something and it's not easy to make these things and you know you're in a bubble and you you're gonna spend a lot of time together so again like so writers come to me and I'm like what's your story like Mm -hmm. always the first thing I'll ask them and if you and by the way I feel bad there are certain people their story is not that great you know like their personal story what makes you yeah what made you come here who are you what's what's your thing why do I need you in my writer's room like Mm -hmm. what are you bringing like I don't want me I already got me yeah so what's what are you going to bring that's different? What do you what's your you know thing? And listen, certain scripts or that's shows. That's really interesting to say that. That's really interesting because people have to sort of research you before they go in to meet you mm. to understand the energy of your voice. Yeah. Because you don't want double energy of the same voice. Yeah. So I just did a room. Uh, my show is about I, I think you'll relate uh, about a woman whose <laughs> okay. child's about to leave the house. Oh. She's in her 40s. And yeah, that's she's, what I am in my 40s. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Still 43. <laughs> um, and things aren't where they used to be. And she's trying to figure out what she's going to do a next. <laughs> she's going to figure out what she's trying to do next. And you know, she put the last 20 years of her life into this child right. who's about to leave. She's divorced. And she's in Madrid with her daughter for, uh, for an event. And she gets nabbed all of a sudden one night, kidnapped. And when she sort of is brought to this place and revealed, uh, what she finds out is that she was grabbed by the CIA, who basically say, tell her story. And they tell her story about New York and this Russian asset called The Whisperer. And this, all this is stuff. so complicated and incredibly mm-hmm. interesting. Incredibly interesting. Just yeah. in your life, Richard. Uh, <laughs> and uh, what it turns out is that she was a Russian spy 25 years ago. Oh. And she disappeared. She went off the grid. She went, you know. And so what happened is she thought she got away with it. And she did for the last 25 years. But they found her. That's going to be great. What's the title? What's it In called? From the Cold. In From the Cold. Yeah. So, I love it. So she, you know, so it's 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 a real interesting journey for her because she's still try she doesn't want her daughter to know about this. She doesn't want to go to jail. She gets pulled back into a mission. Can she still do all the things she did? Can you be who you were at 21 again? Can any of us? Yeah. You know, well, can I kill? Yeah. Can I lie? Yeah, can right, I seduce? Right. Can I, you know, right. and then that sort of fighting, am I like, you know, even yesterday I was talking to the actress and she said to me, um, who am I? I said, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who are you? You're a lot of people. Like I yeah. said, aren't you a lot of people? She said, yeah. I am a lot of people. And yeah. she's like, but she's like, but I, who am I? Who I, I, she wanted a center to play to. And I said, mm. I think we have to find that. Absolutely. Right? That you seems know? like a meaty, meaty role with lots yes. of layers. Of course, it triggers all my thoughts about who makes me me. Yes. My stories in my book about my dad going to prison and all that yeah. thing that triggers you to become who you are today. Yes. So all that stuff. Oh, we have that in common too, by the way. Oh, your dad went to prison? I didn't know my dad until I was 14 years old, and when I first time I met him was through a jail cell, through a plastic. No way. Yeah. Hence, 
these writing, these yes. layers. But see, yeah. incredible. My dad, and it's a big story, but he, insurance fraud, racketeering, everything possible, burning down businesses. I didn't even know until my 20s that he was a super bad person. But, yeah. bet- you know, you can either take that genetic makeup yeah. or you realize that you're not who your parents are and then you rise up yeah. and you become an incredibly layered giving person yeah. who achieves things like us. Yes, 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 yes. That listen, was my point. Well, but, and it's interesting, I, I remember in my 20s I finally sat down and talked to him and he, uh, I found that he was very creative and wrote and, and all those things so it's like, there and it then is. how do you apply it? Yeah. Like I just went in a different direction. I decided to use my creative, you know, things in a different way. Yeah, but that gives you the imagination and also those feelings that that layer you up. So how did you create this show? I know we're sidetracking from the other shows, but did you get hired by someone to to do it? You know, just come up with it? So I've built up, you know, I think like I came up the old fashioned way. So I just sort of worked my way up through the ranks. I've been EPing for a few years. I've and been, before you go any further, yes. the ranks are because yes. you can start in the writer's room, an assistant. What just yeah, layer? Yeah, I, I always start as a writer. You start as a staff writer. Okay, staff writer. And then you work your way up to, is it, uh, my God, I'm going to probably mess this up. Uh, editor, no, no, not editor. Uh, I know there's co producer, there's producer, supervising producer, co EP, EP, but there's something I'm missing in the middle there. Uh, executive story editor. Oh, yes. So right after staff writer's executive story editor. So, you know, it worked my way up through the ranks. I worked on a lot of great shows. I moved up pretty quickly. I had a good sense Why? of... Why? Why do you think you moved up? I think because I was a grown-up in the room. I was able to check my ego at the door. I think I had a, always had a great sense of story. Mm. And I think people recognized that early on. And listen, you know, that's Catch-22, too. I'd have shows where I was inner circle... Things went great for me. I had shows where I just didn't click personality-wise. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, you dealt with that a yeah. lot, too, and sort of yeah. coming up. But I had started off in comedy, and this is what you were asking earlier. Yeah. And I just, you know, you start to also change as an artist, right? You're evolving. You're changing. I had a child. Mm. I got married. Mm-hmm. I kids. And, you know, uh, for better term of the word, I just didn't want to sit up at 2 in the morning and write dick jokes. Like, that's <laughs> literally how okay, I felt. Listen. Like, I was like, I was just... My you were over it. I was over it. You, but yet it was my bread and butter. Yes. And, and that is hard as a writer to make that transition. Absolutely. It always is. So how did you do it? So funny enough, what I did was I wrote a spec. And I knew I had a spec idea. And this is a crazy story. I'll try to tell it as, 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 as quickly as possible. So I wrote okay, a spec. I got listening. A, I wrote this spec script. And I had a really great agent at the time who in TV... And I had created, you know, All About the Andersons, so, you know, sitcom writer. All About the Andersons, geez, yeah, yeah. amazing. Yeah, with John Amos and amazing. Anthony Anderson and Roz Ryan, great, great cast. And again, also number-wise, think about this, I think we got canceled on Friday nights at 9.30 on the WB, and I think we were getting a 2.9, which right now would be a giant hit. <laughs> you know, like, it's like, but that's, you know, that story. Right. But, but um, so I wanted to change directions, and I wrote a spec script. And Nancy Josephson, who put Friends on the air, yes. as sort of a legend in our business, who I love to death. Uh, she's no longer my agent, but we're still very good friends. Uh, she was at ICM, and then I said, you know, I want to write this thing and anything. And I, I think she just, you know, like anybody, she's like, great, great. D- didn't yeah. know if I could do it or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll never forget, I told my wife she was going to go spend the go up to her mom's in Portland for Fourth of July. I said, you know, you go up, I'm going to stay down here. I'm going to write this idea that I had. So I just, I think it took me a week, and I wrote this spec script. Yes. But it was inside me baking for a while. 
So I write it, I give it to Nancy, and I'll never forget because the kids had already come back at Disneyland, and I get a call, and she goes, this script's going to change your life. Wow. And I said, well, that was the hope for it. <laughs> so she gave that script. She said, I have an 800-pound gorilla, and you'll see why I'm holding back who it is. And she said, if he wants to do this, it'll change your life. Mm. And so 800-pound gorilla, big star, right? So yeah. I get a call. This was on a Sunday on uh, Tuesday, I get a call from the 800-pound gorilla's producing partner, who's Australian. Yes. And he says, mm-hmm. you know, you know, mate, he's, he's going to love this. This is great. We're going to sell this. He's going to direct it. All this <laughs> stuff. You know, get ready and all yeah. that. Can you meet him Thursday morning in Malibu? And I said, no problem. I'll meet him. <laughs> yeah, I'll Thursday morning, I'll go anywhere. Uh, Wednesday uh, night, he got arrested for drunk driving and anti-Semitic remarks. It was oh. Mel Gibson. So, I, of course, I come into Mel Gibson's life oh. the one time he decides to sort of go off the rails. Off the rails. So, all of a sudden, you know, this opportunity sort of disappears. And, oh, crushing. But then, but then, again, this is the story of, like, what scripts can do for your life. So, then I get a call. My agent goes, AMC loves it. So, I, AMC buys it. I'm going to do it with AMC. They, they call me a week later and say, hey, listen, we just bought another show. My show is, uh, is King Lear-esque, and you'll see again why yes. I'm hiding the ball. Yes. And so they go, we just bought another show with a guy who's dying, and he's trying to save his family. Could you oh. change that aspect of your show? Oh. It's a, show, a little show called Breaking Bad. And I'm like... <laughs> Are you kidding me? I was like, but my whole show's King Lear. Like, I can't. Wow. I redevelop it for them. It, of course, destroys the show. Oh, never goes. Gosh. And then a year later, uh, Sons of Anarchy come out, which was my show, basically. Very similar, which was about oh. a motorcycle yes, gang and about Sons a leader. Yes, I've coached people that are on that show. So yeah. my show was about the leader of a motorcycle gang who finds out he's dying and who is he going to leave his kingdom to. Oh. So that never got made. It's but it, all Mel's fault. But it got me in a one-hour drama. Yes. And it got me, it got me, like, people still talk to me about that script called Disciples. And that got but me But that's working. so incredible because the highs and the lows as actors, as writers, as anything yes. in the artistry, it happens. So you were so high, you were on the way, yeah. and then so low. Oh, and, yeah. then, and then, I mean, how did you work through that? What do you do for yourself to keep that mm-hmm. stimulation and that positive path? Which I, I always think about. that I, if I don't succeed, I'm going to be an electrician in the Bronx. <laughs> so I <laughs> so keep, that's, <laughs> that's my, that's my, my thing going. But what do you yeah. do? Do you, do you, do you exercise, do you eat, oh, yeah, do you yeah, yeah, drink? Yeah. Do you, I, probably a little you? of everything. Um, <laughs> but No, but I just start writing the next thing. You go on, you move forward. To, you have you to move forward. Moving you can't, forward. I mean, I've seen a million movie ideas that I had that, that, yes. that I pitched that nobody bought then succeeded somewhere else. You know, it's like, and you, you know, we do all do it. Oh my God, I knew it, I knew it, I knew yeah. it. You'll go nuts do if you, you just that do that. Do you think that your childhood and having all that, you know, different levels yeah. of chaos and yes. not knowing your dad has has given you that that extra gumption to move forward. Absolutely. I, I think that, I always say this, I had a great group of guys that I was friends with and, and, and some um, wonderful women too. But for my core group of guys, mm-hmm. I'm not the smartest, I'm not the best looking, I'm not the most talented, but I will out-hustle everybody. Yeah, it's and the hustle. It's, it's the hustle. hustle. You have to have that hustle in you. You do. You know, it's funny. Somebody once asked my wife, what do you love about your husband? And I was like, oh, what does she love about husband? <laughs> <laughs> and she said, I love that he always has an A plan, a B plan, and a C plan. Oh, that's and I amazing. Thought, yeah. Like, yeah. you know, it's like, and it's like, yeah, I do. Like, I, I go into every situation and I think about that. And look, it's, some people would say that's exhausting, but for me it's not. It's just, I feel more comfortable mm-hmm. knowing, like, I'm the person who walks in a restaurant, I look for the exit door, right? I want 
to know. You want to you map it out. I map it. I want to know if anything happens. Oh <laughs> you know, God. let's go down. I sit in the same seats in the movie theater all the time. Do you really? Yeah. Well, I just want to always have a plan. Yeah. Like I just want to know that if anything ever goes down, I'm safe. My family's safe. You're you so know sweet. that I have something. You you're know, the thing. greatest. Your energy's great. You have such a warmth about you that I'm sure has helped you rise up into the room. And then writers that are listening, I mean, it's even hard to get a writing job. Yeah. It is super hard. I mean, yeah. do you know, you have to work it so incredibly personality-wise to make somebody who's higher above yeah. you to go, I'm going to take a chance with you. Well, and listen, you know, we're talking about our story. You know, I always joke because I was born in Georgia but raised in New York. Ah. And I didn't really find out about my dad's side of the family until I was 14. Yeah. And, you know, I was raised very Jewish. And I go down there and they're Southern Baptist. And oh, my God. Everything like that. So I, I always call myself a Jubilee because, <laughs> you know, like I got a little so mix of both. Yeah. And I got a little, little of the North, a little of the South, and a lot of the Jew. Mm, uh, but when I sit down and I would do interviews, I, it's what I'm saying. I think it's why I got hired all the time because I was had an interesting story. I was yes. different. It, you the know? story layers you. And yes. that's why people should never be ashamed of their story. They Agreed. should be celebrating you, that so, story. I hit on that all the time. God. I remember my aunt saying, you shouldn't tell people you were poor. And this, I was like, I wear it like a badge of honor oh, because so it was like, it's wonderful. Who, yeah, it's who I am. And it also, is. and look, you know, and, and to the flip side of that, like, you know, people always talk about sort of the inner Hollywood sort of workings and the clubs. Yeah, those things do all exist. But you find your own club. You make yeah. your own club. Like I always joke, like I would sit down, and especially if somebody found out I was Jewish, they'd be like, what camp did you go to? It's like, <laughs> I didn't go to camp. <laughs> you know, like I didn't, that wasn't my, my right, thing. Or right, I didn't go right, to an right. Ivy League school. And right. I didn't say they did that. And I'm not just saying that's Jewish, but that's anybody in general. No, it's right, broke right, with a right. certain amount of privilege. But, you know, so I, I always had found like, I was always felt like an outsider. Mm. But I always found the groups of people that were the same. And we always you found your tribe. tribe yeah. and you navigate. And, then, and so you keep a tribe in any writing room you have. You have to have yes. that tribe. So it goes For without sure. saying that I you have need to have go that. to people that I've met along the way. And, you know, I just did, like I said, I just did. So I, I was co running a lot of shows, but finally wanted to make that leap to running my own show. I'm so proud. I have Thank tears you. in my eyes because, you know, Thank I you so love much. you so much. And right. I love everyone's success. Yeah. And, you know, you worked hard to get it. No, I, I, I joke all the time. I'm 51. I know I look good, but... Uh, <laughs> you, you know, do. That's that joke. Money don't crack. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, but so it's, funny. but it's you know, one of those things that, you know, uh, like you said, I, you find people along the way. And the other thing, too, especially I'd say this to the writers, or I'd say this to any artist, don't be afraid to surround yourself with people smarter than you, yeah. better than you. You're only going to learn. Have confidence in what you bring to yes. the table and what you do. You know, I went to City College. I'm surrounded to the right of me. You know, I have Harvard. On the left of me, I have Yale. Like, it doesn't matter no, to me. No, because it's really your source of who yes. you are that's going to be storytelling. Um, but I found a guy a few years ago, a number two, that I just loved. And number two means, like, they basically run the room. You're not in the room. They... The, the outlines, like every, yes. everything funnels through them. And I just loved him to death. His name's Chris Barber, Christopher Barber. And I just How did take you him find him? him. We were doing a show. I, yeah. was, I was brought in. Actually, you know, I got a big break after Supernatural. I, I had hit a sort of, I love Supernatural, by the way. I loved yeah. working on the show. It changed my life. It changed my career. I joked that my house is the house that Supernatural built. <laughs> yeah. It was a great gig and great people. And that show's still going. I, it's unbelievable. It's on its 15th season. Uh, both Jensen and Jared, the two leads in the show, are two of the most menschiest, nicest guys you'll meet. Like, you know, to, for 15 years to, to be best friends oh. and live next to each other. Oh. And to, oh, it's amazing. When do you yeah. hear that? Yeah, like, you know, you again, and it was one of those gigs too, like I tell everybody on every 
joy to just check your ego at the door and just bring your creative. Like, you know, it's like so much time is wasted in the creative process with people. So, but how, so you stuff. met this guy, you just vibed. You just trusted I vibed, and vibed. But I got my break because another writer, so the woman who run Criminal Minds is a woman named Erica Messer. Okay. And Erica and my Messer, neighbor is uh, Harry Bring. Do you know oh, Harry? Harry and Erica are yeah. best friends. Harry, and yeah. he'll tell you, Erica's one of the Harry best human is beings. The most Incredible human being. Yes. yes. He was the line producer. Yes. And producer. so they're like this. Yes. She, all she talks about is Harry all the time. <laughs> so Erica uh, had created a spinoff of Crim Lines called Crim Lines Beyond Borders. And she yes. just said to me, if you come here and you come with me, your reputation checks out. And we just hit it off like we met. And yeah. we, we were supposed to have like a half hour meeting. We, we, we talked for four hours. Wow. And she just said to me, I promise you, like, you'll be my partner in this. Wow. And she, she kept her word on everything. So I did that for two seasons yes. with her. And then the show got canceled. I got to work with the great Gary Sinise, who was amazing. Steppenwolf Theater founder, unbelievable. Uh, Another interesting thing, like you find, is um, you know I I was just always blown away by who we can get to come play with us because they wanted to work with Gary. You know, so so it's amazing. And Gary, a pro, it always starts from the top down. When you're one on the sheets, a pro, a hundred percent, all the way down the line. We never had any problems. But these days, isn't it different? If the actors are having an attitude, they don't put up with it so much anymore. They really there's another one right in the shadow that has studied just as hard and is well trained and wants it more, but is courteous and especially procedural. Happy to be there. They'll kill you in two seconds. (laughs) You're you're dead. (laughs) You're dead. You have a problem. (laughs) You're you're out. Yes. Um. So. So let me ask you this: What would you tell? A new writer right now. Three things to do uh-huh. to move ahead, and then I want three things to not stop doing until you get there. <laughs> That's good. Let's see if we can get through this. So yes. one is again. I mean, it seems like the simplest thing. Write. Keep mm-hmm. writing. You should have. I have. You know, so many different. Somebody asked me something. Mm-hmm. You know, I can hand you seven, eight different spec scripts that I've written wow. in my life. You wow. know, the minute you stop writing, you know, and I get it. Especially if you're gigging. You know, I know people all the time I say to them, I'm like, you haven't had a spec in like seven, eight years. You need to take, it's good for you. Yeah. It's good therapy for you too. It's good for you to go off and write something that's not, you know, getting paid for. It's hard once you start getting paid to write because then it's like, you know, but I love writing so much that I'll write, you know. You'll write anything. A lot of writers that have written and then gotten paid and then are asked to do specs don't want to do that because they want to get paid. They want to get paid. So do you feel like that's getting in their way? Yeah, and listen, it's hard to find the time. Like, yeah. I mean, I've been wanting to write a spec script that I've had in my head for years that's ready to finally, like, I, I always say I've been baking it. Yeah. Like, I, and it's like finding the time, and there might be a writer's strike, and I know that mostly would scare people. I'm like, oh, well, at least if the writer's strike happens, I can write this spec. <laughs> no, the please don't be a writer's strike. Yeah, don't no, say I don't. that. 2020 is a no, positive year. No, I don't want it. Trust no. me. I don't I have too much okay, going we're, on. Okay, we're off. Mm-hmm. We're sidetracking. Yes. Okay, so, so, so write. Yes, always write. write. Number write. one, write. Write. Don't always, you know, keep writing. Two, get out of your bubble. You have to, writers, we tend to sit in a room by ourselves. Mm. You have to be social. You have to go out and meet people. I wish, listen, I have friends who are amazing writers, who are much better writers than me, who mm. don't work because they they don't do the social side of it. It is part <sighs> of the so business. Important. It just is. Yeah. Listen, I always say this. I wish there were no names on scripts. I wish there was just numbers. Because mm. then there'd be no, ju- it would really be about the writing, mm. you know, because People do bring their biases to, to yeah, reading. I don't care what anyone says. They see a man's name versus a woman's name. Yeah. They see, you know, a name that seems to be 
you know, more foreign than they, like those. So if we really it's want ridiculous. fairness, just put a number on it, yeah. you know, and everything and like that. Everything. And I, I wish, agree. and I wish the social wasn't a big aspect of it. In fact, if I look back and I, I know it's hard to believe, but I could have been more social, mm-hmm. you know, you know, when you have a family and you have kids, like there were so many yeah, times yeah. where I just want to be home with my family and yeah, chilling out and stuff like that. But you did the work and then you, you made those connections. So Absolutely. writing, writing, socializing, socializing. Mm-hmm. And again, but what about what, getting that script to the right people though? How do they do that? Well, I think that's part of socializing. Yeah. I think networking is yeah. what I'm really saying. Yeah. Like being out there and networking to just again, by any means necessary, someone will eventually read your script and like it if it's mm. good, mm-hmm. you know, or anything like that. It'll eventually get out there, you know, so it's putting in the time to become a great writer and figuring out who to contact, who to contact, but also not being afraid. And listen, you know this, like you're saying, it's like, it's not that you want to be over pushy, but it's like, I find that if you're genuine and you're real, cause I do this all the time. I meet yeah. people who I'm like, yeah. you're just working it. Yeah. And then I meet people who are like, and, and those people who are just working it, I'm not as interested in helping. Mm. Then I meet the people like, oh no, we're generally building a rapport here. Mm-hmm. We're generally getting to know each other. Mm-hmm. We're generally, I like you. Mm-hmm. I want to help you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That takes more patience. Mm-hmm. And I understand certain people don't have that patience, you know, or have that time where they feel there's a clock ticking on them. Right. The truth is the clock is going to, you know, I didn't make, I made good money in my 30s, okay money. I didn't really start making money, money till my 40s. Yeah. And well, my a lot fr- of people, yeah. me too. And well, I didn't start my business to my 40s, but yeah. I was a, you know, actress for so yeah. many years. But it takes time. It takes time. And I know it's hard to, to do this because our society teaches something different. You almost can't worry about the money. The money will come. Which is so hard to say because you want to buy things and you want things. Of course. But when you get out of your way and yeah. go for what your passion and your Absolutely. purpose is, then so many more doors open. Hey, I'm going to give you another thing I did, and this isn't one of the three things, and I, I could do this in my 20s. I couldn't do this now, of course. I decided not to do any waiting tables or bartending jobs. Mm. I just was going to write no matter if I was going to start. And that's why I think it only took me three years to break through because oh. I, I refused. Now, by the but way. how did you pay your bills? Hands to mouth. I mean, I literally oh. lived hand to mouth. Like I was, I cheese. lived in a one-bedroom apartment with five guys. Uh. I would get a $5,000 gig to write something. My first year here, I made $5,000 the whole year. I lived on oh. $5,000. Wow. But again, and it sucked. And it yeah. sucked, you know, on so many different levels. Yes. But but I was like, I can't, I have to focus on that. Now, look. Some people could juggle both and do it, and that's great. But I needed to put all my time into mm-hmm. writing, so I did that. So back to the three things. So the one, so one writing, mm-hmm. two networking or socializing, yes. whatever you want to call yes. it, and anything like that. And I think the third most important thing is what is your story? What mm. who are you? What's your brand? Mm. You're putting stuff out there. Do not be afraid of social media. Do not be afraid to. To, to, you know... To, so your voice. Your I voice. When people say brand, I'm like, what does that really mean? But it's your story. It's your story. And, and what you want to give back as. Absolutely. And listen to that. And I say brand just because I think it is an easy way to sort of, yes, sum up your story and everything like that. Because we all are our brands. Adam Glass is a business as mm-hmm. much as he is a human being. Right. You know? Sherry Shaw. <laughs> yeah. Same thing. Sherry Shaw. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so it's no, like that. So that's the thing. So those are the three things. And then you're saying like three things not to do? No, no. To keep doing... As the obstacles happen, what was the question I asked you? I know. And to continue doing so, so I guess it's the same thing, really. Yeah. It's probably just to continue that right, continue the socializing. Um, but what about the outlook? What about how do they stay in that positive mindset and have the ability to take the rejection and move forward? I, and again, listen, I can only go from my own experience. I didn't have a safety net. There was really nothing to fall back on. This had to work. No matter what. No matter what. You know, there was nothing. There was no But you believed in yourself. There's something in that that makes you, that I go, 
there was no wavering, but you believe. So maybe yeah. that is something that you have yeah, to Yeah, and listen, that doesn't mean you can't learn. It mm-hmm. can't be like, you know, a ton of times people said, this sucks. Right. You know, and also learning to say what is positive, like, you know, uh, criticism and what's bullshit criticism. Yes. Because you're going to get both. Right. You get, and, and you have to learn to differentiate. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, uh, yes, sometimes your friends might not have your best interest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's or you, weird when yeah, that happens. Yeah, it's, it's weird true. when it gets competitive and yeah. it gets strange. And yeah. I never play that game, but yeah. a lot of people played that game with me. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, and just sort of like, you know, I, I, this is another thing that I think are really hard for writers. I know a lot of writers have this issue, but I think, uh, and I'd say this about actors too, writers have to be able to write anything. If you mm. want to work, you better be able to learn how to stretch that 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 brain of yours and be able to do things. And that's why if you look at my my accomplishments or my work, I've done a lot of different things. You have. And and that also helps you not get pigeonholed. But and, do you get pigeonholed? Like if you start in comedy, isn't it harder to segue? Or do you should you start in drama and then go to comedy? Yeah. Even if you have everything, what would be the most beneficial route for people? I, I don't know a lot of people who have my my sort of, you know... They don't credits. because you get pigeonholed. You get pigeonholed. But then again, you have to take chances. I was willing to yes. take a chance. Yeah. I, I wrote a spec and it yeah. changed my life. Right. Um, and, and that... So start with this kind of material that feeds you, yes. whether it's comedy or drama. Absolutely. Go for that 100%. Absolutely. And then if you want to dabble in the other genres, yeah. write your own spec strip yeah, and get it spec, out Show there. people you can do it. Yeah. You Just know? show people you can do it. It's, I think it's always about showing people what you can do. Yeah. You know, because yeah. here's the truth. You could tell anybody anything, but, yeah. you know, until you, until you do it, you know. Being kind like, along the way. Yeah. You know, there's no reason... You know, it's funny you say that. I'll give you a quick thing, and I, again, I won't use names, but... The reason I'm where I am now with Netflix was because uh, a very sweet, nice young man who was an assistant mm. 14 years ago on a show oh. I was on oh. asked me to read his script. And you did. I did. And he never forgot that. He never forgot my kindness. He never <sighs> forgot that stuff. And so when he was in a position to basically do something, he called me. Now, mind you, I had to be ready. Tingles. Tingles. I had to be yes, ready to, to de- you know, deliver. If I went in there and I didn't have anything, it would not have worked. You know, so it's always like, what's that thing? It's uh, opportunity meets, uh, what is it called? Uh, you Luck know, is, mm-hmm. what is it? Yeah, but opportunity <laughs> it's meets. Uh, no, well, not just achieve, but like you have to be ready for the opportunity. Yes. Look, my daughter's an actress, you know, and it's like I sit there and I say, baby, you've got an amazing voice, a God-given gift. Uh, you have drive. I was like, now you need a little luck. But you yeah. have to be ready when luck comes knocking on your door. You do. And you've got to be ready to just kick that door open and walk right through it. Yeah. It's that confidence factor. Yes. And it's hard to have when you're so young, too. Absolutely. And you've got to find that belief. And I think we're going to close out on that. To stay in the true belief. Believe in what your passion and your purpose is. Believe in your artistry. If you want to write, then believe in everything that you write. Yes. And, and um do it on a positive path. I agree 100%. Thank so you so you. much no for problem. coming in. I'm so happy with your success. Thank you. Give the title of the new show one more time. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be on Netflix. It'll be out about this time next year, and it's called In From The Cold. And then we're going to get to hear the cast member announced when? Pretty <laughs> yes. soon? Yeah, pretty soon. So keep abreast a of your deadline. Mm-hmm. You know. So Adam Glass, thank you so much. I thank love you. you. Happy, sure, happy, sure. happy thank New you. Year. Thank you. Same to you. Mwah. Alrighty. Get out there, guys, and be courteously aggressive. Thanks for tuning in. Bye.